You're listening to episode one of the Subscription Boss series brought to you by The Product Boss with Crayjoy. And we talk about what it takes to be in the subscription box business. Um, What you should be thinking about is you evaluate if it's right for you. And then also we have this thing called the idea incubator where we're kind of throwing out ideas to give you examples of what you could be doing with the subscription box business model. So let's get started. Welcome to season one of the subscription boss series brought to you by the product boss with your hosts and product experts, Jacqueline and Mina. We invite you to explore the subscription box business model with us to add reoccurring revenue to your bottom line, plus increase your visibility. Interested? Keep listening. Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the subscription boss series. I am your host, Jacqueline Snyder, and I'm here with my co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So listen, everyone. We want you to think about what it would feel like if you were able to double or even triple your monthly revenue. And how amazing would it be if you could get your business in front of millions of potential customers every month? What if we told you that you could grow and scale your business without ever having to manufacture a product? Incredible, right? That is why we are partnering with CrateJoy, the all-in-one subscription box solution to bring you this series of the subscription boss. Ready? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So thank you everyone for joining us on this spinoff from the Product Boss podcast. We're so excited. This is kind of a fun adventure to see what... So we can kind of focus on one idea, the subscription model. Totally. So what we wanted to do with you in this episode was go over why we think the subscription box model would be perfect for your business. Yeah, it is a topic that gets us super pumped up and we were already teaching it to our masterminders and people we would speak to. So let's dig right in. So why is subscription box ownership a great strategy for your business? We have so many things to talk about. Samina, where do we even start? Uh, Well, I think you mentioned a lot of them kind of in the beginning there, but you know what my absolute favorite one of that whole entire thing is? Reoccurring monthly revenue. I love anything that's reoccurring. So just getting those reoccurring sales and having that kind of add to your business and your bottom line, like who would not love that, right? Yeah. So many people talk about wanting to have a passive income, a reoccurring passive income. Let's be honest, nothing is passive, but this right here is something that's fun and engaging. Your customers love what they're getting and that you can, as you build your subscriptions, just think about how you're building your revenue monthly. And then it's reoccurring because this is, this is a subscription model. Yeah. Not going to lie. It's going to take you really knowing who your customer is. So you really need to each month, just give them something that you know that they'll love. And if you are able to do that, then you will just keep building those subscriptions one on top of another. Yeah. So number one reason why we would recommend this to our listeners is just growth without reoccurring monthly revenue. Second one would be, as we talked about, hashtag visibility. So the visibility that CreateJoy creates for you, because they have 3 million monthly views and 2 million subscribers on CreateJoy. I mean, just think about that, like what you would do to get that many people to your website. 
Yeah, I certainly don't get 3 million views on my website. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people do. And what you want to think about when you're thinking about those 3 million views on their website is that those are people that are exclusively shopping for subscription boxes, right? So they're not just shopping around for anything. That's just not broad traffic there. That is specific traffic. They're shoppers looking for a subscription box. And how many is what's the number of transactions they get per month? I think it's way up there, right? <laughs> Let me find that stat for you guys. 33,000, 33,000 monthly transactions a month with currently they have 2 million subscribers already on their platform. That is amazing, right? So getting that amount of people, getting the amount of transactions is incredible for your business. So think about sales and minimums. So another reason why is that we have clients that we work with and, we, and we're product-based entrepreneurs that you have to buy into minimums. And sometimes those minimums feel higher than what you would be able to sell direct to your customers or to retail stores or however, whatever the platforms are that you're selling on, especially newer businesses and startup companies. So if you have to buy into a hundred or a thousand units per style, per color, what are you going to do with it? So the thing that I absolutely love about the subscription box model is that you can actually put that product to use. You could put it in there. If you're not able, let's just say you have a bunch of it now, you're selling to your customers, you're selling to your retail stores, all of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're left with extra product. Well, maybe in a month, two months, three months, depending on the product, you could put it in one of the boxes. So as you're building your subscription base, you have a place to put 100 units, 500 units, 1,000 units to your subscription followers. So it's just a great way to one work with the minimums that you have to deal with. And also sales, like it increases your sales. I know we're talking about the reoccurring revenue stream, but the issue that everyone has is how are they going to get more sales? Well, here you go. Yeah. Number one question we get all the time, right? How do I increase my sales? We actually have a question on our Facebook group that says, what's your biggest struggle? And 99% of the time, the answer to that is always sales. How do I get more sales? So this is really creating your own um, revenue stream. So we always talk about multiple streams of revenue. It's like you can do that with platforms, this being CreateJoy, or you can do that with a product doing a variation, which is also this plan. So a lot of it is just bringing all the ideas together and creating that traffic and that amount of sales for yourself and bringing those sales all in one strategy, this strategy of subscription. So we are going to also add into this episode so like an idea incubator. So basically we're going to throw out some ideas to you of ways of businesses that we know or that maybe we've made up or we've skewed <laughs> from people we know to basically give you some ideas of how we think that people could move into a subscription box model. So let's do one. Let's see okay. Who start with. Okay. So who do we want to start with? What are some typical businesses? You know, actually this model would work for people who are service-based businesses also moving to some sort of product base. So maybe we should start there. Yep. That was on top of my mind as well. Since we work with so many other fellow entrepreneurs that are product-based, even, or sorry, service-based, and even some podcasters out there, if they also, with their podcast are basically marketing the services that they provide. So some ideas for a subscription box model, let's say if you are a podcaster to like high level female entrepreneurs, like 
really high level, like CEOs of their companies, um, but they're entrepreneur based. Maybe you could put together a subscription box for them that is very specific to that higher level female entrepreneur. Yeah, it could be CEO box, you know, or it could be um, one of the things, you know, how I love a niche and a niche, right? Well, one of the women that I know, she is a video person that also happens to be a makeup artist. So she helps people, her programs sell like knowing how to do video for your business. But a really cool subscription box for her would be to have a makeup box that's exclusively for video. There's so many tricks. Like you'll you'll know this if you get your makeup done for like your wedding or for professional photo shoots, that there's a whole different way of doing your makeup when you're on video than when you're in normal life, right? Shows up better on video, shows up better on photos. So a cool thing would be her Um, You know, it's not exactly her program. So it's not exactly, you know, her selling video per se, but it's taking her skill sets of knowing about products and doing certain tricks. Like she'll put eyelashes on eyelashes. This is how I remember her. So she puts two sets of eyelashes on one eye to make it like really impactful. And I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, I don't even know how to apply the first one very well. I can't imagine applying two, but things like that, where you're just like getting specific products that are built to be done on video that you can bring into your business. So maybe it's not CEO box, maybe it's CEO video vixen, or I don't know, something like that, right? Where it's like really um, taking a niche of a niche and then bringing something else to the table. Yeah. I mean, one, that's genius because... Jeff, I told you lately, I think you're a genius. Um, (laughs) Why? Because everything that I'm, you know, I listen to podcasts and everything that we read and whatnot, it's all about how face... Facebook Live is huge right now just to be visible. And like, it's about visibility and like Facebook. So even if you did something like that, where it was like YouTube, Facebook, you know, just video Vixen, I love that where it's just tools and kits. So even on Amazon, I had done one of those little ring lights for my iPhone. So it was really cheap. It's called Diva Light, right? Diva Light, right. So, (laughs) you know, something like that where you could, you know a lot more than other people sometimes, especially if you're an expert at something or you're really well into your niche. So not everybody knows about the Diva Light or even, you know, Halo or Ring Lighting just yet unless they start digging into how to do more videos. So if all, all of a sudden you're, doing little kits of makeup and then you're adding in like little diva light and other little tricks and tips. That'd be amazing as a box. I've actually learned, I actually never did my makeup until I was, I never wore makeup until I was in college. And so everything I learned, I learned from YouTube, you guys. And so I learned how to do my makeup. Every, all you do is put in everyday makeup and you should get shown. I also learned how to curl my hair. I know this sounds so silly, I learned how to curl my hair on YouTube. It's not because when I when I have events to go to, that's when I get extra time as a mom, like in the bathroom getting ready where my husband keeps the kids busy. And so that's sort of my time where I'll also turn on YouTube and be like, okay, I want to do like really dramatic makeup tonight and I'll and I'll just watch it even if I'm not doing it. So it's that that sort of me time. That might be cool too, like little online trainings that went into it. So if you worked with a blogger, you could throw in a little training where it's like a direct video link to a video where she teaches something specific for your audience. Yeah, super smart. When you're trying to build your subscription list of people that you're sending out to, like when you collaborate with other people and give their expertise in the box, you're able to connect with their audience too. So maybe they're featured in the box with their tip of the tip of the month, and then um, you're bringing visibility to them, visibility to the, them, and they're bringing visibility to you. 
So that leads us from our idea of visibility to community as like another reason why this might be a great model. So I think it's twofold, really, this community. One, I talk about this all the time because I feel like this, but as a product-based entrepreneur, sometimes you feel like you're on this island on your own. So even as a subscription box business owner, you might also feel slightly on your own in that. So community-wise, there's two ways. One, CreateJoy does have like an amazing Facebook group and they have this, they have subscription school, which trains you on how to be a subscription box owner. But also think about when you start to reach out and find these people. So if you want to do a collaboration to a blogger, you're starting to reach out and make these links that maybe before you wouldn't have done with your business, but this is pushing you out there. Plus it's giving you a reason to contact them. It's giving you like, you know, you're growing your you're growing your people. What's the word? Your affiliates, your, your tribe. Your tribe. <laughs> you're growing all of that. When a lot of us on our own, working out of our businesses, working out of our houses, wherever you are, we don't have as much time usually to expand and meet others and collaborate. Yeah. So think about that, you guys. We had to create create an entire series to really focus on subscription bosses. You know why? Because there's a different set of struggles for every single niche of a niche, You know, whether it be product-based business owners in that broad sense of entrepreneurs or subscription box owners in that broad sense of product based businesses. Does that make sense? There's different struggles that we are trying to pinpoint. So we created a whole series on that just to address that. But there's communities within Create Joy that address all those struggles and really help with all of them and build that community around you. And so one thing we also want to address is that this is the to get into this model, the sales model is no harder than it would be if you needed to set yourself up on a flash sale site or getting onto Amazon. It's the same thing. And we get questions all the time from people who want to, let's say, build their business on Amazon. Well, what if you knew about how big Amazon would be five years ago? That would have been amazing. Mina did, which is why she's so <laughs> um, I got the inside track, guys. Um, but... I got to say, CreateJoy is a lot easier than Amazon. Amazon is quite difficult, actually. Not to get on there, it's difficult to get create stamina because you're in like so, or not stamina, momentum. You need to have sense. Yeah. Create momentum because you're in such a big sea of competition and those people might or might not be searching for what you know, you have, what you're providing. Whereas like for the subscription box model and being on CreateJoy, they're looking for a subscription box and whether or not that you address those needs, whether they're looking for it. Yes, there's a, you know, specific competition, but it's just like if there was a whole, you know, like when people go on Etsy, they're looking for handmade, there's less competition. There's, there's specific, it's like within specific parameters rather than Amazon, you can get anything, like anything. People sell everything on there. And also, I think one of the biggest issues that people have with buying off of things like buying off Amazon sometimes is quality. So thank goodness for like Prime because there's and the return rates and stuff. So you could get something, see it, and then return it for quality because so much of it is from overseas. So the cool thing about the subscription box model is that they're sort of already hoping that they're going to be buying into quality. And with those reviews... And the more subscribers you have, the more they're going to know that that it is good quality, but also your price point is going to define the quality of the product inside. So what we were talking about was sort of knowing if you knew that Amazon was going to be big and you got on it, 
Because you know, it's funny enough, my mother-in-law was on Amazon way back before any of us were because she lived in the middle of nowhere. So she liked things being delivered to her Uh house versus we still went shopping. So for you too, the future is here where like it's just growing and growing and growing. Like they went from, I don't know if it was like 4 million to 6 million to 10 million subscription boxes this year that they're estimated to have. So knowing that, this is a new way of buying. People are buying in packs. They like the excitement of it. They like the unwrapping. The biggest time of year for this type of model is around holidays. So for example, Mother's Day and Father's Day, however old you are, that's however many times you've had to figure out what you're going to buy your mom for Mother's Day. And so if you could all of a sudden, if you knew something that she was into and you could sign her up for like one luxury bath box or three boxes of like... English products because my mom's from England, then all of a sudden it would be this like this this more thoughtful gift to give her. Yeah. I think, have you ever heard that statistic where money can't buy you happiness, but if you spend it on experiences, it can? Like psychologically, you have to spend your money on experiences for it to get the most value in your mind, I guess, because it's, you know, tugging at the emotions. But so it's the same type of thing. You're buying an experience for somebody else. So when they're opening that box, it's just this really cool box of delighting them in that experience in a theme, you know, and making it be like, Hey, I thought of you of all these English treats and I knew you'd love them and be delighted when you opened up a whole box of them for three months. And, um, get sent back to that nostalgic childhood of yours back in England or whatever, you know? So just the idea of that experience and bringing that to your customer of unboxing. That's why unboxings are so incredibly powerful. So if you don't know what an unboxing is, people will put themselves on YouTube or Instagram and they'll record themselves opening the box, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk Uh, about what's inside. Yep. And it's just straight up very um, simple. Oh, look, it's a candle from blah, blah, blah. Oh, it smells like citrus. I love citrus. Oh, look, it's a little journal from blah, blah, blah. Oh, it looks like there's a quote in here. Here's what it says. So even that, me saying that, I know it's incredibly popular because it's so simple and people are loving the description. And then also my daughters even love unboxings. I mean, they're two and seven and they watch unboxing videos on YouTube. That's how powerful it is, is that it resonates even with children and just getting to open a present and feeling that good feeling. And that description. So just think about that. That just goes all the way back up our list where it's basically the community. So then thinking about growing your customer's community and growing the visibility because the more people that do unboxings, for example, and if you promote to them like post your unboxings or unboxing day or you know, we're going to offer a free subscription to so-and-so, if whatever, you can have a competition. That will then increase your visibility too, because people are going to share and they're going to share and they're going to like, and it'll get people to know about it, which will then in turn help the growth of the business. Yeah. And if you could have your own specific hashtag, let's say your hashtag is English goodies box, (laughs) no hashtag English goodies box unboxing, hashtag unboxing. So then you get the unboxing part of it, but you also get your own specific ones if people want to look at that. That was kind of a long one. Obviously you want to hashtag that's a little bit shorter, but you get what I'm saying in that build an unboxing strategy into your product. So when we were talking about, you know, some more ideas, so let's just elaborate a little bit more on the English box. So the reason we brought it up, because obviously Mina and I talk off of the podcast as well. Um, My grandmother just got back from London and that's where half my family is from. And always they take orders like 
going to London. What do you want me to get you? You know, everybody wants a box of tea and they want these chocolates and all the things you could buy when you go overseas. So if you thought about that, I know there's, you know, there's ones where you get tastes from all around the world, but what if it was something so, so niche within a niche where English people could subscribe to an English goodies box and then all of a sudden all their little favorites come to them once a month. You know, I know I have a friend from London and he has these cookies. I forgot the name right now, but they're like chocolate with um, orange marmalade jam. And he's like, because I like you guys, you guys can have one each. Like we had tea at his house. And um, he's like, only because I like you and you only get one. And my kids don't even know where it is. And he pulled it down from like this top cupboard because sometimes the English products you can only buy at an Indian store, for example. So if you worked out sourcing from these English products and you were able to deliver these delights to people who cherish them and it's that experience and it's those memories they're pulling from and home, you know, they're a little bit homesick and just reminds them of things. That would be lovely to get monthly. At least I would think so. Yeah. Even people who are, I know people who are fanatical about Earl Grey tea. Isn't that from England? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and one fun fact that I do know because I know people are fanatical about that is that it's flavored with bergamot or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's a citrusy scent, which makes it Earl Grey tea rather than regular tea. And when I found that out, which, which should totally be included in the unboxing fun fact, I was like, hey, that's really cool. I was wondering why it was called Earl Grey tea or why what makes it different. Also, I've heard Jacqueline specifically say, I would kill for a blah, blah, blah right now or crispy something, something. I obviously didn't listen very well, but she says random, delightful little treats. <laughs> crunchies. I, I love crunchies. crunchies. <laughs> yeah. I would kill for a crunchy right now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I would. Chocolate covered honeycomb. Who wouldn't? Um, <laughs> So just, yeah, so these are just ideas. So thinking about things in your life, like I could have a fashion line, but then this could have been an idea that I decided that I was going to move forward on and I could easily do it. Why? Let's just think about that. I have family in England, so I can actually contact them to see if they know anybody that has contacts to sourcing some of this product. I am a business owner already that has had to source in my life. So then I can also just get creative on sourcing and how to get that. And I like it. You're not always your customer, but this is something that I know my family would like. There's lots of us in the States and obviously I do my research on it, but it would be something that I, I could easily ask family members, multi-generational things that they remember and that they like to eat or remember or miss. Plus the things that I know being first generation American from an English mother, um, and then add those into my boxes. And then I would create those experiences. And so it could just be something that one day I wake up and say, you know what, this is the new business path that I'm going to pursue. Yeah. I want you to listen carefully what to what Jacqueline is saying is because the differentiator right here is that there is a unique selling point. There is probably not going to be much success with your subscription box arm of your business if you don't have a unique selling point. So You can think of it as a niche if you want, but you really should be thinking of it as what's making your subscription box different than any other business. So you could do a snack one. Is that enough though? Or you could do a, um, I don't know. How about this? I have an idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I am a sometimes trying to be vegan slash um, (laughs) plant-based person. Which is actually my favorite thing about you. Well, one of them. My business partner in Iowa, who's trying to understand this concept, who tells me about the pigs she picks up for ceremonial. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. So it's a very old heritage, obviously tied on people. So then there, we still like, if we have ceremonies, we'll have like a pig on the table. You know, this is so foreign to other people, just like how English treats may be foreign to other people. <laughs> but, you know, just thinking about so those so, type of things. So let's just say meat. Okay. So I don't necessarily <laughs> miss meat, but I do sometimes want protein or like the, the feeling of proteins, you know, like there's just that taste, like not just soy product, but you know, like the chewy part of it. So vegan jerky or, ve- you know, like vegan, I think on Create Joy, they have like a jerky subscription for beef. Right? Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is that, well, not funny, but coincidental is that my daughter's best friend. So they're only seven, but they're true besties. They love each other so much. She has this disease. I don't know, or condition where she can't eat protein. So, um, her mom buys her that kind of stuff where it's like beef jerky. It looks like it and everything. It's incredible. It's like a food, I don't know, trick or something. Yeah, sometimes it's like tempeh. Yeah. And then they season it exactly the same. So it's like very barbecue. It has brown sugar. It has, um, you know, some chipotle seasonings, things like that. And she eats it with her dad because she always wanted to have jerky just like her dad does. So same idea, whether you're vegan or you have some sort of condition or you just want to have that protein taste, but not actually you know, have that protein side effect, I guess. This is the box for you, right? The the meat, wannabe meat, pretend meat. <laughs> what should we name it? <laughs> I don't know. Vegan, vegan jerky. I don't know. But vegan jerky, something, something cute. But this is what we'll say is that it's so, it's a niche within a niche, but there are needs and you can look at those companies. And then as you can see, there's these sub customers where somebody who has a protein deficiency, my sister-in-law, found out that her baby has a milk issue. My sister-in-law loves to eat dairy, like loves it, but she's still breastfeeding. She had to cut dairy out. And so she's now calling me like, do you buy the coconut yogurt? Do you buy the cashew yogurt? You know, we were talking about it and it's funny because when we've stayed with them, we can't eat anything in their fridge. And now with this allergy, there's certain things that we will be able to eat in their fridge. Um, (laughs) Worked out for you, huh? (laughs) Yeah. But you know, to finding these sort of sub customers after you find your core customer, because there will be people that have those needs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, speaking of lactose intolerant people, um, which my daughter is and my husband, they still miss that dairy flavor. Just like how, you know, like my husband, he craves milk all the time, but he can't have it. And same with my daughter is that she just wants to be less normal kid. So even playing into those ideas of really giving them something that they miss and delivering it in a different way. Yep. So the other thing that we experience a lot because we do have our masterminds and we work one-on-one with a lot of clients is sometimes you feel a little bit stuck in your business, right? So you've been doing it a long time. The struggle is real. We all know that. We have a disappointing trade show or maybe sales aren't up as much as we wanted. Whatever it is, whatever the effort you're putting into your business, there are days that we all sort of feel down about it. So But also as product entrepreneurs, we get so excited about these new ideas, right? New streams of income, new ways of doing our business, just like these changes and these pivots. So one of the things that we think would be so great, the strategy of a subscription box is that there's joy, like joy brought back into your business and seeing your business grow. So all of a sudden, if you can grow your business into this, you have this new mission, and it's exciting and there's a little bit of new development and you're creating the box and all of those things, but you're excited again about this new part of your business. 
Yeah. And every month you're trying to delight your customers. So every month you're trying to build this experience for them. It's kind of like bringing the fire back into your fizzled fire, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like reigniting that spark if we're going to get (laughs) where you were going. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there is times when you become stagnant or you become, you don't want to hit the decline in your business, right? So you do have to grow in a different way. You kind of have to think about things in a different strategy. This is where you need to decide is a pivot right for your business, right? So like, do you want to add to it in a different product or do you want to add to in a different model or in this way, it's at a different model with different products. So <laughs> it is. It's fun and exciting and it does bring the joy back into it where you're, you know, you're back in that kind of in that startup stage, but you're using all the skills that you have as a product-based entrepreneur to like kill it. <laughs> yeah. So it's the, the, there's excitement and, you know, in watching your business grow, getting your money. I mean, you know, you've had those days where their sales have like been rolling in and you're so excited because they come out of nowhere. But the hard part too, and again, in this business we operate, especially if you're selling wholesale or not wholesale, if you're selling to your customers online, there's not a lot of interaction sometimes with them. There's not this kind of community with a subscription box model. There is that interaction with your customers. There's that one-on-one, like you said, you get to see them unwrapping, you get to see the joy in that. They can share with you. They can interact with you. And one of the words we saw that we thought was really cool was the idea of club. So like it could be the, right? It, what was an example we set for that one? Um, like the sticker club or... So if you have a product, let's say mine would be the labels club, right? And I'm sending out special exclusive labels into my sticker club or my labels club every single month. So when people phrased it as a club, people were under able to understand it more than saying, Hey, join my subscription box model arm of my business, <laughs> you know? And, um, so they just said, join the club. And that was the way that they added onto their business and kind of threw fire into an arm that they wanted to add. Yep. We can all be, there's clubs for everything and, and there's the groups and clubs. It's, 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 participation in the group again, I think is where we're all sort of going back to. So go ahead. I thought of an idea. Okay. I was going to say we need another idea. (laughs) So speaking of clubs, I think it would be brilliant to have like a mean girls club, but play off the movie mean girls. And it would be like based off the one-liners and they're like on Wednesdays we wear pink. And (laughs) what are some, that movie is so funny. It's Uh, a Broadway show now too. They just, is it? It's just so huge. It has such a great following. And anytime it's on TV, I watch it. Right. And I'm not even a mean girl, but you can identify so hard with that movie. And so I think a mean girls box would be amazing. So speaking on that, if you do, let's say you decide to, well, we want you to go to createjoy.com and take a look at all the types of boxes, but there are ones too, like Harry Potter fanatics, but it doesn't necessarily say it's Harry Potter, you know, Star Wars, different types of like pop culture type things that people are into. There are boxes specifically for them as well. So yeah. think about that rephrase in a way that it's like magic inspired or sorcery inspired and not so much Harry Potter club, you know? So it's like how people used to say like Disney, not Disney inspired, but they would say princess crate instead, you know, instead of, I don't know, Mulan or whatever other one. So let's talk about that. Some words and ideas. So it's crate, right? Crate's a good one. Club. Box. Club. Uh-huh. Kit, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we were also talking about somebody doing something like a series or a quarterly. It was a one that was coding for kids, but they had to learn it in a specific order. That right. one? Yeah. So, yeah. So they would learn it, I don't know, in a sequence. So almost like a, it could be a class or like a immersement into something where you're basically teaching something in a sequence, like for four consecutive months of learning. And it comes into that, it comes in that box. Yeah. And this is a great way too. like, they can learn stuff in a sequence or you can keep up with your kids as they grow. So let's say yours is a kid box and then it's like a baby, then to a toddler, then a big kid, I guess and then a teenager. <laughs> so you would have a box to each little avatar as they grow, you know, your growing avatar. Okay. I have a new, another idea. Okay. Hit me with it. How about a STEM box for, um, for girls? Yes. Love it. And I think that this is getting more and more popular girl power, right? Right. And, um, trying to kind of squash that stereotype of that engineering and science and math is not so much for girls. It's funny because the bias of testing and everything has been skewed towards pushing boys towards those, you know, different, those subjects, whereas girls are more pushed towards literary arts and I don't know. Sometimes service. Yeah. Taking yeah. care of others. So mm-hmm. STEM is, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, but girl-based. So there's a niche. And so it's science for girls versus so much of it sometimes is like fossil digging and, you know, volcanoes and these little kits. I know I buy my son at, at Michael's, but it does feel very geared towards boys, the packaging. And then the girl section of things at Michael's will be make your own uh, perfume, paint your own nails, do your own hair. And I get so frustrated that there's like my son might actually think it might be cool to make perfume. And then my daughter might actually think it'd be cool to build a rocket that you could blast. But then the coloring of the boxes and the marketing is so off. So STEM box for girls. Let me know when yeah. you have that. And make it gender neutral or maybe because you know what's so crazy is that when Lego came out with the girl versions, they're purple and pink. I mean, come on. Like I get that they're trying here, but does every girl love purple and pink? Yes. They're still very girl based. And I get that because my daughter, being a boy and a girl mom, my daughter just hit princess obsession, loves pink and purple, didn't tell Um, her she should love it. Amazing box name, princess obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Princess box. So we talked about that too. So my daughter's obsessed with princesses. Well, I don't even know if she could wait a month, but basically if you got some sort of princess box for your toddler. But yeah, so I just think the girl movement build on that girl movement. There's so many ideas for her. So we're just saying right now, princess or STEM or maybe both. Mm-hmm. And we all know that the women make the decisions in the family, don't we? So we need to target them young. <laughs> it's If we're going to go back to another movie, like my big fat Greek wedding, where she goes, the man, he's the head, but the woman is the neck and she turns the head which way. <laughs> I'm always bad at quoting movies. So you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've never seen that movie. But such a good quote. It could be a movie fanatic box, right? You know, or something based off of that. Like it wouldn't, I don't think you could actually say big fat Greek wedding, but it could be, you know, something where it's like 80s movies or something. So, so think about Zenial box. Oh, a Zenial box. Genius. You know, Zenials are, if you don't know, they have an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So, like things like the cassette tape player and the dial tone thingy and the corded phone and the 
dialing into a movie theater to listen to all the listings. That is a Zenio's life right there. You grew up like that. But now you have, as Jacqueline would say, is it backslash or forward slash? <laughs> Somehow I got old. <laughs> she doesn't know a lot of stuff, you guys. She's younger than me, so I'm not sure what's going on. But, you know, it's that Zenio stage where we're kind of getting into the grasp. Like when I went to college, oh my gosh, this is so funny, where they we got our first emails and they were like, we want to give you guys an example that don't use this guy's example. And it was like big B-A-L-L-S, <laughs> whatever. We might have to edit this part out. And they're like, this is the only email you'll get from, you know, Iowa State. So don't be putting, you know, some something funny in front of your, in front of that email because they were teaching us that because you only got one, you couldn't change it. Not like these days, you know? And so I thought it was funny because in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a huge deal. My first email, and I have to really think about what I want it to be, is Kunlo really hard to spell? You know, it's such a huge decision. It is really hard to spell. (laughs) (laughs) Says somebody who has to type your name in a lot. Um, So that's something to think about too. So if you think about those top 10 lists that you'll get on things like BuzzFeed or whatnot, and it's like you're a child of the 80s if you remember, and it's like Mm -hmm. top 10 funny little gifs and whatnot. So you could always build a subscription box off of something like that. Like if you've seen ones that stood out to you, that they could be based on somebody who was born in the 80s and things that they remember, like the mixtape, but maybe it's something cute and funny, like on a mug or a shirt, just things that we would remember that others wouldn't. And then you feel like you're a part of a club, like the Babysitter's Club or there was... Nancy Drew Club. I was on the... I was in the new kids on the block club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And remember those subscriptions for the CDs? Yep. What was that called? I can't even remember. But where you'd have to buy into 12 or 18 and then your parents would find out that you owed money. Yes. And then remember the East Bay magazine constantly coming to the house, mm-hmm. like for shoes. <laughs> so, th- so just things like that. So so thinking about your peeps and what they would like. So those are just some more ideas. And we we're just, I don't know, we're so excited about this model. Like we said, we've talked about it. And the awesome thing for us is that because we are partnering with CrateJoy right now, we have the inside we like the inside tips. We can ask them questions. We are learning so much about the the model without us having to do the research on our own as we usually do. Since Mina and I have our own product-based businesses, we work with clients, we consult. We're usually digging into all of this to teach them and to consult them. And now we have this direct connection in our partnership and we're just thrilled because we feel like it's just going to blow your businesses up. And as we've been saying lately, turn into gazillionaires. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we always say constantly is that you need the data, right? To figure out what's successful and what's not successful so you can lean into what's successful. And since we have access to this backend data from straight from CrateJoy and looking to see what has been successful, we can kind of see what's been successful. Like we'll be able to take their data and say, you know what you should do, or you know what has been successful, or you know what works well in pre-selling or what doesn't work well, it kind of gives us this advantage that we're able to transfer over. But I wanted to point out something also when you were talking about BuzzFeed and everything. So fun fact, CrateJoy has this marketing team and the the whole purpose of their marketing team is to take the people that are doing well on CrateJoy and to push them. 
So they have gotten so many of their merchants featured on BuzzFeed, on Mashable, on Business Insider, and really, really like blown up their merchants because they know that if their merchants do well, this, I'm talking about the sellers, the subscription box sellers when I say merchants, when they do well, CrateJoy does well. So you're not in it alone at all. They're also trying to build that platform. And the cool thing is that they've already done it. They have that you know, connection. They know what works well and what doesn't work well to get picked up by Mashable, to get picked up by BuzzFeed. And so imagine having a little team of marketing people behind you, rooting for you and and also showcasing when you do things really well. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many positives, which is probably the reason we decided to take on this partnership because it was so much that we could bring to our listeners and the community. But think about how hard that is to get in front of a BuzzFeed and to be in their top 10 list. Well, you'd have to hire a publicist. You'd have to have a marketing team. Usually publicists that have that in and that connection are high dollar publicists and they can shortcut that for you. Obviously, it's all based on sales and your performance on the platform, but you have that ability. And it's such a, it is still a small community being a part of the CreateJoy community. So one of the cool things is that they, if you sign up, they actually give you a customer success manager. And that person is actually dedicated to you and the success of your business on the platform. So in working with that person, they're fully aware of how well your business is doing or not. If it's not, they'll give you strategies and offer advice. They're working with you daily on your business if you need them. And They'll also know when you're successful. So you have a real human being that knows, hey, we've watched this person grow from month one to month three, like, you know, 100% per month. They're going to talk about that internally with their team. And then guess what? Someone in marketing might hear about that and say, you know what? That's an awesome idea. That's a great subscription box. I'm actually pitching this idea to BuzzFeed. Maybe I'll throw, throw them into the idea. So many connections. Yeah, I love that so much. Their customer success manager is someone who's just really making sure that they're using their data and using that strategy. So yeah, imagine having someone who's so um, involved in a platform, you know, behind the scenes of a platform, and then also using that to help you. Like having a strategist for your business, that would be amazing, right? Yeah, totally. What's that stat though? So subscription box owners on CrateJoy reach 1K in reoccurring revenue twice as fast than those doing their own marketing. So basically CrateJoy subscription box owners get there twice as fast because if you're doing marketing on your own, you're just one person that hasn't been seasoned in the subscription box marketing game. Totally. The other really cool thing and the other reason why we thought that this was important for our listeners, it's a fun but important fact, is that on CreateJoy, the success rate of a subscription box more than doubled if the merchant was already a business owner. And so many of our listeners are business owners, potential business owners, product-based businesses. And so we thought this was ideal. And the other really cool thing about this is that you don't actually have to manufacture the product that goes in. You can, if you're diversified enough, you could, like Mina said with little labels, if she wanted to just sort of change her model a bit and start to make monthly labels for little labels, she could totally start a little label club, which might not be a bad idea, Mina. Um, Otherwise, you could throw your product into these boxes or it could be inspiration directed towards the type of customer that you have, like your customer avatar. So being really honed into who that customer avatar is. Like Mina's is a mom. 
for example, of young children. So she could also then take that same base of her customers and find other products to source and put in the subscription box. Yeah, I have to think about my the struggles of my mom that I'm serving. So let's say I put together a box of chores for your kid. This is something I actually struggle with, making chores for my kids. You know, so then picking up, unloading the dishwasher, my one my 2-year-old actually, oh she's 3 now actually. She fills up the K-cup carousel for my coffee maker. Things like that, little ideas that you can have chores for your kids. So if I did that, I'm helping with a different struggle of my mom that I basically figured out because I have that same struggle too. But my avatar happens to be very similar to myself. So anything like that where... So I'm sourcing all those items. So let's say it's a chore chart or it's a um, little to-do list or a, a little piggy bank that says money earned from chores. You know, I'm sourcing all those items and I'm not manufacturing them myself. I'm finding businesses that could provide those for me. How cute would like little wash-up gloves be? Like the little washing oh gloves? My gosh. Kid size? Or a little apron. You yeah. know, so cute. Kid size cleaning up stuff. They sure, certainly don't have that and kids are obsessed. Yeah, yeah. Or even like a mix your own. You know how you could, you could clean with vinegar? So if you don't want your kids to clean with household products, but then there's all these like vinegar recipes, you could send like a little mini squirt bottle and the recipe to mix like a organic, non-harmful cleaning liquid for your kids to use. I love that so much. My daughter loves recipes. Like, you know, because of the numbers thing, like two tablespoons of baking soda, you know, like they would totally love that. And my daughter loves cleaning and my son loves getting my daughter to clean for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember being on the phone with Jacqueline one time and she's like, no, 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 no. You don't need to clean the toilet. And she was talking to her (laughs) two-year-old. It's true though. Anything she can wipe. And Jacqueline's like, oh my gosh, she just loves to clean. <laughs> just wiping. So um, yeah, so we just, so one of the things that we wanted to share with you too, and this is really exciting and you're going to hear a lot about this, but CrateJoy is actually offering a free two-week trial to our listeners to try out the back end of the CrateJoy back end. Should we cut, cut that part? <laughs> No. I mean, people know what backend means. Um, So I want to emphasize, this is no credit card required and no obligation. So you're getting on there, signing in, getting a feel of the platform and seeing if you're liking it to see if you can potentially build a ginormous business on there. Like if you, if it syncs with like, what you're thinking. This is research mode, right? This is where you're in the beginning of any business, any business idea, this being, should I create a subscription box model and deciding what platform am I going to use and do I like it? And I love that it's two weeks because sometimes you'll get that seven days and I barely get anything done in that. So we are here to support you in that free 14-day trial for createjoy.com. And if you scroll to our show notes in here, we will actually have a link to that free 14-day trial. And what we want you to do is we want you to just click it and check it out. There is a lot of support for you. And not only that, we are willing to offer you that support. So in doing this, Part of our goal for our listeners is that we expand their minds on these multiple streams of revenue, other platforms to sell on. So if you email us at theproductboss at gmail.com 
a screenshot that you've signed up for your free two-week trial, we will actually personally invite you to an exclusive Facebook group with more freebies and other business owners going through the same thing and the same trial run. And then we'll be able to actually support you in that. So remember, email a screenshot of your free two-week trial sign up to theproductboss at gmail.com and we will fully support you. You'll get to work one-on-one with us within the group to see if this is the right move for you and to help you sort of navigate through it and make sure that, you know, you're ready. You're ready to be a subscription boss. Yeah. And this is where you're going to be asking the questions that you want answered by us. Obviously, we have no shortage of opinions and expertise, (laughs) we're hoping. So yeah, this is where you get access to us. And that's why the opportunity is so important. There's, you know, it's the combination of the timing mixed with the expertise, mixed with the community, and you'll get to decide fully. I, you know, I was saying to Jacqueline, this is, they should totally do it because this is where variables are all on their side. And she said something like, you lost me at variables. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But there's just, there's no better time to see if this is the right growth strategy for your business. So remember, we believe in you. We'll be right there with you and we'll be sharing all of our knowledge with you as well as remember, since we're partnering with Great Joy, we have the ability to ask them specific questions. We may not be able to ask them all of the questions, but if there's something consistent that comes up in our group, we will absolutely bring that to our partners there and make sure that we can get those questions answered. So we'd love for you to click on the link in the show notes for the free 14-day trial. And again, no credit card required no obligation. And if you are interested in joining our Facebook group, send us that screenshot and we'd love to see you there. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. And we hope this was helpful and we hope to see you inside our inbox. Just a quick reminder, guys, make sure you sign up for CrateJoy's two-week free trial during the special subscription boss series. It goes until May 25th, and this way you can tap into Jacqueline and my knowledge to help you during this time of adding a subscription box revenue stream to your business. You can find more info or sign up at www.theproductsboss.com slash CrateJoy.